April 6, 2023. It's the Waffle Pedro Show.
Lot from Pedro Show. Happy Thursday. Start off with Straight No Chaser live at the Newport Jazz Festival, 1958 Miles Davis with John Coltrane. And then we had Dim North Star from Fruit Bats. Because of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I got with me. Eric, hey. from. <laughs> You could tell I'm not man alone, people, because he jumped right on before his invite. But, yeah, I got Eric from the Fruit Bats. Welcome aboard, Eric. Thanks for having me. Where are you talking to me from? North Carolina? No, I'm, t- I'm, in, I'm in L.A., actually. Whoa, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Are you in Pedro? I'm in the harbor part, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, just, like, due north of you, like, all, like all the way up the 110 uh, sort of Highland Park. So what am I thinking of? Merge Records? Is that why yeah. I'm thinking North Carolina yeah. Mac? Max, yeah. a beautiful man. Oh, such a beautiful man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Merge is uh, their Durham, Durham folks. Yeah. Okay, but let's go way back. Let's because I want people to learn about your journey through music. So please, Eric, bring your uh, earliest musical recollection. Um. I've, so I've, I was. I've been listening to your to to these interviews of yours too. So get, I was like, I got twenty one years and ten months, yeah. and I'm still blowing clams. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But I was like, I knew you were going to ask me that. So I was like, really going back? And you know what's the first song I think I remember? Well, remember, it's a Watt for Pedro show, so there's no hard questions and there's no wrong answers. This is an easy question, which is, um, and the the first song I remember is Day After Day by Badfinger, um, which is like, I was born in 76. That song came out in 71, but I think it was still like. In fact, the guy who wrote it, I think, hung himself before you were born. He probably did, yeah. And like, then the bass one, player a little bit after, I think early eighties. Yep, one of the one of the tragic bands. But like, terrible. For some reason, well, yeah. you know what? Yeah. They were preyed upon. There was some son of a bitch manager. Yeah, I think so too. And in fact, I think Pete Ham actually wrote something in a letter, a goodbye letter, saying yeah. such. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that song always has like a mystical quality to me, and I think it's a, I think I like heard it in the womb or something like that. Well, but, they yeah. had the curse of being signed to Apple, maybe one of the first ones, and and then yeah. kind of sounding like them. But they were their own band, you know. Can't live right. Harry Nilsson had a big hit. Of course, yeah, he was. I guess they were recording it across the hall from him or something, or down he, the he hall, and he heard it. it and he said, "Hey, can I try that too?" Well, they both did. Yeah. It. There's two different versions. Yeah, yeah, but the yeah. guy had a credible voice, but. He wouldn't do gigs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let me let me ask you this, Eric. The pad you grew up in was there musical instruments? Um, I moved around a lot as a kid, apartments and things. So there was never musical instruments, but my grandma had a piano in the house, and I think that was probably like uh, like when I would go visit grandma. I'd yeah, sit. when you visited, yeah. did you jump on that piano? Yeah, yeah, and tinker around on that and make now, just kind of weird. Did you have yeah. to go through the experience? I mean, this almost. I've had a lot of guests on the show almost turned off to music because of this experience with the experience of the piano lessons. Didn't no one had me take piano lessons. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Spared. Yeah. Spared, spared Mm -hmm. the experience. Uh, What, let me ask you this in school, were you in the choir, the marching band or shit like that? Um, Both. Yeah. But only in junior high. And then uh, my junior high band teacher told me I had no musical talent. And what instrument um, were you trying I, to play? I was playing the baritone tuba. The baritone tuba. Well, the tuba's already baritone. You may probably mean baritone horn, which is kind of a cousin of the... Baritone euf- horn. That's right. Cousin yeah, of yeah, the... Like the it's a cousin cl- of the euphonium. Yeah. So I don't even know the name of it. So it shows you how no, much... No, no, no. There, there's yeah. a baritone horn. <laughs> But then it has a yeah. cousin called the euphonium. They're very similar because I know yeah. because I got one in the late 80s on tour. And 
just now, after about 30-something years, I'm learning how to play it. So it's just a coincidence yeah. you brought that. Same mouthpiece as a bone, 12C. Yeah. 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 Okay, so you were in the bass cleft, though. I'm into that. What about the first record you bought with your own money, Eric? Uh, first record with my own money was um, probably a Men at Work album. Called what about Cargo. the first gig you went and saw? <laughs> first gig I went and saw <clears throat> um, was Def Leppard. Def Child Leppard. of the 80s. Okay. Uh, now... Not after school graduating, but in the afternoon. Did you get into that garage band, basement band, bedroom band thing? Yeah, it was uh, for it was four track for me too because I was I'm just uh, you're talking I'm, man alone. Yeah, so I'm I'm just uh, too I'm too <clears throat> a little too old for like the early days of garage band and like digital recording. So I was still in the cassette <clears throat> world, and um, yeah, I got a Tascam Porta O2. I bought it from my buddy for eighty bucks. Um, and I was just sort of inter- more interested in creating a world. You know, this is like mid-90s, um, still very indie rock time, and uh, I didn't have any ambition. I just like was I just wanted to make a sound. So you didn't really play with other people. You're doing sound on sound with yourself? Yeah, I was doing sound on sound with myself, and then that kind of that formed into like an early band that was kind of like a loud, spacey indie rock band in like the late 90s. But we didn't play a lot of gigs. Like we're, it was pretty pretty unambitious. Or just jamming and prac and were you writing material or were you trying to copy off records? I was writing material. Um, we did, we did some covers too. We did like uh modern lovers, uh, jo- like early Jonathan Richmond, modern lovers cover. Um, but I was just sort of impersonating him. And uh, I think we did a galaxy 500 cover. We were like, we liked that kind of like uh, sort of seventies and eighties, like indie, and that was kind of like spacey and you know what i gotta tell you right off the bat i don't dig fucking labels and genre names and shit so if you want to get on what's good side you just let that go alone and say music is music and you guys (laughs) were trying to find your you're trying to find your own voice yeah but but the weird trip thing about that is the way to find your own voice is by copying other people's voice like you said with mr richmond that was exactly what I was doing. I did the <laughs> same thing with yeah. Eric Bloom and Richard Hale and John Doe, and I, I did sure. the same thing. Yeah, so just, yeah, when you're young and you're finding yourself and you're like, I'm just going to rip this guy off, and then hopefully it's it's best when you mess it up so bad that it doesn't sound like them, and then it's that's the most original thing you can do is uh, is blow the blow the idea of ripping somebody off. Well, in comedy, they've got this thing called the... Uh, impersonator right so they make a whole career out of that remember when i was a teenager it was a guy named rich little his whole thing was fake and he was other dudes yeah i remember rich little (laughs) ah so you ain't that young (laughs) yeah yeah no i'm still from the era where i can remember that stuff okay and his whole thing frank gorshin too these guys were mimics they could do their voice of course they were stylistic people like Humphrey Bogart, Jimmy Cagney. I mean, you could identify these voices, right? And I got to say, Mr. Richmond, he had, I know he was way into Velvet Underground, but I think he started the same way. He probably t- started copying them. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so much of that sounded kind of like that VU era, like or loaded Velvet Underground stuff. Do and, you remember um, your first gig? Um, yeah, it was uh, like I, beyond like sort of playing open mics and stuff like that solo. Like my first band gig was at a um, place in Chicago, a super dive bar called the Mutiny that actually just closed down. Um, and uh, 
there was a f- hole in the floor and the stage. I remember that, that you had to stay away from because you could fall through, you know, like the classic thing. There was water dripping from the, it was, a, it was like a real, uh, a real dive bar gig, but like, um, and it wasn't yeah. these guys you played with after school. You had moved on from that band. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I was in high school, like I didn't even, I actually didn't even have a band in high school. This was, this was not until I was like in my early twenties that I would, that I finally heard that sound. Whose you know, pad, like who's sound pad of, did you practice at? Uh, we practiced at my buddy's. He is like, we all lived in Chicago, you know, mostly in apartments, but I had one friend who lived on kind of like a big boulevard. Well, that I'm going to, I'm going to suggest it was the drummy. Uh, I was the bass player, actually. Wow, because usually yeah. you're a drummer, you don't want to have to set up and tear down that shit. All True. <laughs> yeah, I think they they had they, they had kind of like a band slash crash pad, like an actual house with a basement, which was a rarity in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, look, you gave me this music here. Jesus, tap, dance, and Christ. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me play it.
would I concede forgiveness? Charging fully forward, I can see what's not. I can get to more, more faster. I can get to more, more faster. Call me by whichever angel name you've got. Call me by whichever angel name you've got. Charging fully forward, I can seek forgiveness. Charging fully forward, I can seek what's known.
そうPedro Show, that chunk of music, start off with Fruit Bats doing Jesus Tap Dancing Christ. It's good to be at home. Then uh, Still House Plants. I saw these guys last week. They're, uh, I think they're living in London now. They met at college in Glasgow. Uh, they're really good. Power trio, but no bass. That's okay. Pockets. No. More, more, faster. Pockets is a guy by voices, Bob. Pollard, of course, every other month it's got to be a new album, right? This man puts the P in prolific people. Samuel Lockward, another cat who does buttloads of fucking releases out of uh, Iowa City. Gin and Tonic. Kato Hideki with the tail of a snake. Probably should be Hideki Kato. Backwards, right? The Hatch out of, uh, this is Japan too, but uh, northern part, Hokkaido. Volvo. About a Swedish car. Why not? It's one big world, people. And then finally, fruit bats. We used to live here, which is kind of like what we're talking about now. You used to live in this big house and be able to jam. So that that first gig at the uh, Leaky Place, was it a success or failure? Uh, it was a success to me in that, like, uh, I, I think just like my friends showed up, but it felt great. And it's like, you know, that, that like, I do remember that first time 
just getting in a practice space with people and like hearing that noise of guitar based drums like uh that's just like it's a cliche but it's like one of the most beautiful feelings so it was like it was nice to take that and then actually have like an audience albeit a really small one but yeah it felt great it's like especially uh, they don't throw shit unless you're ggl and then then, exactly yeah (laughs) it would be a failure yeah now let me ask you this you know that you said you're writing original shit even with those uh when you're younger right out of high school did any of that stuff survive to this first gig um yeah i mean it was kind of like a culmination of a whole bunch of different so you would bring your tunes to different cats that you played with yeah exactly and i didn't like i didn't start off playing covers because i couldn't play music well enough so i I couldn't even figure out how to like make a cover song let alone like figure out what the chords are so i i started writing right off the bat because it was like the uh the only thing i could do you know was just like remember the first song do you remember the first song you wrote yeah, the first song I wrote, I was probably like a junior in high school, and we'd we'd read Moby Dick in uh, English class, and I wrote like a Good whaling <laughs> song, a song about whales. Well, you know, the book is like half an encyclopedia entry on whales, right? <laughs> That's what I mean, and I think I was like, I was, uh, I don't remember, actually weirdly don't remember the book very well. Well, the other was, part yeah. is all these different kinds of people, which for those days was kind of a different book. Remember he wakes up yeah. in bed with Quad. <laughs> I I rem- I do remember that part, but yeah. And then, and well, yeah, call me Ishmael. And then actually, yeah. it's his coffin that saved. Right, he's the only only one that lives to tell the tale. That's that's right. Yeah, but Ahab I was, is just obsessed. Ahab will not let go. Yeah, so that's my first song. Was True idolater. True idolater. So yeah. okay, what happens after that first gig? Do you start doing a whole bunch, uh, or what's this band called? Is this ain't Fruit Bats yet? Is it? No, it's not Fruit Bats yet. This band was called I Robot, um, and we did yeah, we did like a handful of shows. Was this a takeoff from Mr. Heinlein's book? Kinda, yeah, yeah. It was like it was like <laughs> you know, onion. you take the K yeah. out of punk rock and you got pun rock. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the era of that too. But <laughs> that's yeah. all right. Sorry. Right. Yeah, we played stuff, but I was uh, yeah, and then. Um, what happened? What happened to I Robot? It it kind of just fizzled out, you know, in the way that sometimes those things. Yeah, happen. yeah, they and run then, their course, right? Yeah, and then I ended up not, not long after joining this band Caliphone. That's like this. I don't know if you know that band, but they're yeah, great, heard, yeah. and I loved them. They had had a band called Red Red Meat on Sub Pop that I was obsessed with, and um, kind of got to know them. They were all about ten years older than me and they they really took me like on my first like real kind of like indie rock tour so i I ended up joining somebody else's band as a side person which was a huge uh thing for me how like you answered an ad um no it's like a friend of a friend or something okay okay yeah connect connect yeah okay yeah and what'd you end up doing for them uh i played all kinds of weird stuff i played Oh, so you were like the uh, multi-instrumental guy. Yep, multi-instrumental guy, harmony singer. I played a lot of like banjo through effects and uh, and Casio keyboards. Now, and, we didn't um, go through this. We didn't go through how you learned all these instruments. Yeah, I mean, I was just learning them. All I, I know, know is I was... about his baritone <laughs> horn, and then you stopped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just sort of, I it was one of those where I just, I wanted to make a sound, you know, and uh, so yeah, I was, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. But and and, and none of none was, of this stuff yeah. with lessons, all all autodidact. Exactly. Yeah, by ear. Yeah. And um, and then Caliphone was this pretty experimental and weird band that sure. was pretty out, and and we and which was great because it's kind of like. You can fail on stage and it's okay. It was like a proving ground, you know, yeah. to like, 
Yeah. Let the freak flag fly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Can you remember your first gig with them? Yeah, it was, it was opening for the aforementioned uh, Guided by Voices. Actually. Oh, wow, Mr. Pollard. Yeah. yeah, and I was so nervous because it just felt very huge to me, and I was a big Guided by Voices fan, too. I was so nervous, I remember being almost blinded by nerves, and I said, I hope that this building catches on fire and that we don't have to play this show, and then I'll never play music again. I, like, I was just extremely You were nervous. wishing like, for I that? Felt, um, yeah. <laughs> really? Well, I'm glad it didn't fucking happen. I'm glad I'm glad it didn't fucking happen either. And, and it, it, my life kind of began after that, too. And I, I sort of, like, the Caliphone guys were, like, they were, like, big brothers to me, you know, and sort of yeah. taught me Did you so tour much. with them? Yeah, we toured a lot. And um, and I sort of, like, saw the world and, and, uh, and kind of got an idea of how this all works. You know, it was, like, one of those... I had never been taught that this was a thing that was possible. And then it suddenly became a thing that was possible. And what about in the studio? I went in the studio with them too, because you know, this was like late nineties, early two thousands. They still had, they had their own label too and yeah. a studio. And it was almost like a clubhouse, you know, it was like my yeah. first time feeling a part of a thing. And, um, and so that was uh, Tim from Cali. They, so they ran this small label and they, they put my first record out because it was like a, like a real all in the family. You're, not, you're, you're talking like a, an Eric solo record. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it ended up being. Because, and I didn't even tell them that I was writing songs like yeah. for the first like six months I knew him because I felt I didn't want to feel like I was diluting your thing for them. Yeah, exactly. Or like that I was like trying to worm my way. Or into maneuvering. Their scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And then finally I was like, oh, yeah, I, I play some stuff. And Tim right away was just like, we'll put this out, you know, like and so he put me in the, like a real studio for the first time, which was their studio that kind of part of. I think that's a smart house. mood because when you let somebody express themselves, they might develop shit that they'll bring to your proj. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I think yeah. the best thing a musician can do for another musician is provide that O word opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, it was just like, if that if I hadn't joined that band, I don't, I'm not sure what would have happened. I mean, maybe I would have figured it out, but like, it was, you don't want to think of it well, in like... Yeah, because yeah. things happen and then the course, you know, and it keeps evolving and coincidences and then well-planned things and it's a mixture, all that shit. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Right. So uh, they put out your record. Do you start doing Eric gigs without Caliphone? Yeah, so actually, like, the first Fruit Bats gig was at the Empty Bottle in Chicago, and basically the band was Caliphone. I finally, <laughs> so, I finally yeah. played Empty yeah. Bottle. I liked it. Oh, I love it. It's a classic place. You know, it's yeah. been around a long time now. Right, right, but I never played there, yeah. you know, and finally. Yeah, I had seen so many shows there, so, and then, yeah, so we, and that was a kind of a home base for Caliphone. So, yeah, we basically, the the first couple of fruit bat shows the lines were blurred between who was caliphone and who was fruit bat well even. there was, was probably yeah. the fruit uh <laughs> caliphone guys doing fruit bat songs yeah that was yeah. that was pretty much it and they had been kind of the band on the record too so so yeah then we're then we're playing gigs and then uh we actually like you know caliphone wasn't a huge band but other bands loved them so yeah. if you got in with their scene like other bands would be like, oh, you're friends with those guys. You know, they were like a mark of quality or something. So we were able to get gigs. Open doors. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so what happens it evolves for you making up fruit bats that ain't California? Yeah, yeah. And then some somewhere like um, it's like, 
Yeah, I was still trying to find my own voice, too. It was still very, like, influenced by what I was doing in California. Sure, that was all sure. I knew at that moment. But, um, yeah, eventually kind of started finding my own vibe. And uh, and then kind of miraculously, I got signed to Sub Pop. Like, after that first record came out, you know, meeting other bands and everything, too. And, and like, Sub Pop came knocking, which was, like, uh, crazy. Bruce Pavitt. Unexpected. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. This was post Pavitt. Pavitt had left a little oh, while before, but yeah, okay. John John Poneman and Megan Jackson. I remember when they of... had you men. Yeah, of course. Do you remember I mean, you men? They were kind of a birthday party. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I I loved all those sub pop bands. So just to be yeah part of that continuum felt crazy. So. Well, uh, yeah, a lot of those bands had their own sound. You know, it's weird when bands started like picking bands that all sounded the same, like a branding. That's one thing I really dug about SST. All the bands sound so much different. Oh, yeah. I love all those SST releases for that, so, that, that whole era. So for Sub Pop, do you, you don't use California guys. Do you, you get like kind of breed of some little colony of fruit bats for your own thing? Yeah. There started to be, and it became, it was it's sort of like similar to that Guided by Voices thing where it's like the band name, but it's ah, kind of yeah, who, yeah. whoever, you know? Well, he so. can call it, he can call it fucking Boston Spaceships <laughs> still. Look, we're at that, we're going to have to continue because we're at the end of the first hour, April 6, 2023, Dish Watt, Peter Show, special guest Eric from Fruit Bats. Hold time for hour two! April 6, 2023, it's the second hour of Watt from Pete Rose. You know I don't control the weather, but I can pray that the moon will rise. And maybe somehow make it all better for a while. Maybe we could write God a letter, or we could cast. Ah uh-huh. 
Wort doch nicht entwickeln, was, was wenn du jetzt äh, darauf achtest. Also,
Lot for Pedro show. Start off the second hour with uh, See the World by Night, Fruit Bats. Then Alexander Hacker continuing with his big piece about this imaginary young man in Berlin. Well, I guess he's middle-aged by now in the story. Helmet, 35, medicine student. Student, maybe I should say. Puppet Midnight out of England with uh, Decliner Raupa Nimmersat. And in parentheses, he's got Caterpillar song. Not after that, out of Texas with flight of the hypercircular roosters. Uh, Monday UFO with refectory. No, rectory, not refectory. Rectory, like a priest thing, right? And then finally, fruit bats with meridian. Okay, so you're getting a record ready for sub pop, right? And you're putting a band together. Now, do you... Do you just work on getting this record together or do you do gigs with the new band? <clears throat> just like we had been doing a bunch of gigs on the previous record. So it was like, then, you know, I went into album making mode and it was like me and a producer and like various people kind of coming in and out. But all my records were still, it's still, I'm still like, even when I'm in studios, I'm still kind of was operating off of that four track principle of just kind of like. Man alone. Right. Right. Yeah. So, man so. alone building a vibe from so the ground up. Uh, so if I get it straight, it's like you're not really trying to build a sound by doing gigs with a band. You're you're bringing in a, like studio stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me years to figure out how to do to 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 sort of do the do the um like the work it work it out on the road thing. Like I still I just I couldn't get out of this kind of like mentality of uh, of just wanting to like be kind of a studio person, but right, like, like, yeah, Donald Fagan, Walter Becker. 
Yeah. Now, what you're yeah, thinking, but... and it's probably not whole albums, right? You're probably thinking tune by tune, like who would be good singing this? Who would be good on bass here? Who would be yeah. like that, maybe? So in a way, yeah. you're kind of a producer man also. Yeah, in a way. And like obviously working with these these cool producers and stuff too, but like, and, you know, starting to have like not huge budgets, but, you know, modest indie rock Well, who's, a, who's where, a cat yeah. that does a lot of engineering for them? Jack, uh, like Jack and Dino, yes, like yes. the OG guy. Yeah, this did was, you work with um, him? Uh, no, but this was, I was working with this guy, Brian Deck, who had been, he'd been the drummer of the band Red Red Meat. Oh, uh, okay, was, yeah, sure. He was, who were also on Sub Pop, but also part of the kind of Caliphone collective too. And um, so he, I did my first like three records with him. So, yeah. Okay, okay. And he did the knobs and what, like co-produce? He very much, I mean, he produced because I was oh, like, okay. I, I, even though I was like, I had a lot of ideas, I wasn't totally ready to be. <laughs> you were, the, you were like the shot caller, but you asked him to make it be so. Exactly. Yeah. So it was like, when I hear those now, I'm like, I, you know, they sound, but it was, those were back in the, in the slightly days before, like, I don't know, whatever the indie rock boom, where you could, you could kind of be learning on the job too. Like, I feel like. No, like were, skateboarding. Yeah. I mean, when you don't get on the skateboard and start pulling ollies, you got to fall down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I always say nowadays, though, you have to be these these younger artists and stuff. Like, God bless them. Like, it's harder. You got to you you kind of can't make a record like that anymore. You got to come screaming out of the gates, or or maybe you don't have to. But like, um, yeah, it was like it was it was cool and unique that I got to be on Sub Pop and figuring my shit out too. Orson Welles. Time. Do you remember the yeah. last work he did? It was these. Masson brothers and he said you know we will sell no wine before it's time yeah <laughs> yeah it's like two buck chuck fucking right, screw right. on top you know <laughs> yeah and, but but anyway you know maybe things are different now but i mean people develop the way they develop and you and you had your own path and that's why i think it's interesting to enlighten people to, yeah you know you talking about it so what about that first time with him yeah, the first time making that record or just, yeah. just being out. Yeah, it was like, um, yeah, I made the record. Because uh, you, uh, you, you, you kind of grouped them together as three records. Yeah, it was three records, and those were those were definitely like, they all felt kind of like me finding my footing, you know, for the first few. And um, a lot of touring, and like, you know, it didn't get like huge, but we got, it was just like, indie rock, jammy kano touring, you know, like. Um, making, well, what about, making, what about the road band? Right. Like you said, there was such a, a split between studio and playing gigs. How did you decide on who you wanted to tour with? Road band for the, I, I had a realization that my very first tour, every yeah. single person in my band, I had maybe gone to high school with at some point or I had really? high school. that's Whoa. like how young I was. And like what the, the those are like the only people I knew, you know, and then yeah. um, and then it was just different people every time because I was so broke. I didn't have any money to pay people, so they were kind of like hired guns, but they had to be hired or like, guns. Or uh, like interns, kinda... like interns. Yeah. yeah, I was like, do you want to <laughs> You want to learn on the job? You want to learn on the job? Right. Yeah, you want to, you want to like leave Chicago in the wintertime and go to California for some shows or something, you know, like just it's the attractiveness of it was like not well, the money. I, I, one place I read somewhere, payment isn't always in the coin. Yeah. Look, I want to play this Tacoma. Nice town in uh, Washington State. I might just go back. 
from Pedro Show. Started that chunk of music off with Fruit Bats doing Tacoma. And Eric knows about Rick King, Tar Maniacs. Great pet. Uh, St. Hubert's. Tacoma, is Tacoma kind of like the Pedro of, of Seattle, maybe? Like, well, the kind of, has that like kind of cool harbor vibe to it? Actually, it's where the harbor started. It was way bigger yeah. than Seattle in the old yeah. days. But you know what was bigger yeah. both than Tacoma and Seattle? It was actually Spokane in the fucking east. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah. Waterfalls down the middle of the street. Let me yeah. tell the people, St. Hubert's Key, who are we? Then GAS drummers with K. Uh, Yeva Elrio, Jail in a Bird from Hidden Forces Trio and Raul Catizano, and Fine Fruit Bats with Sick of This Feeling. So was was Tacoma like a tune you wrote? On, do you write stuff when you're on tour? Um, Sometimes. Like if I if I got the, the gumption to do it, um, what would we call yeah, it? A tour like, spiel, right? Yeah, Tacoma was a... T- I actually lived in Tacoma for a short time. So it's a little bit about that experience. And like, oh, so you know about the Tacoma Dome then. It looks like a Big Mac, right? Yep. Yeah, it's the world's <laughs> largest wooden dome, apparently. So, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. You can see it from the freeway, people, if you're on I-5. Yeah. Uh, so uh, how long did you live there? I only I lived in Tacoma for like not very long, less than a year. But then we moved up to Seattle for a little while. Well, you got a tune um, out of it. Yeah, I got a tune out of it. Yeah, I lived in Tacoma and Seattle and Portland for a time. Yeah, so but you was... didn't give me a Portland song. You didn't give me a Seattle song. You gave me a Tacoma song. Exactly. I used Tacoma as the like a representation of that whole region, kind of. It's sort of like a like an avatar, you know. The sound actually, it's a sound uh, because yeah. it's way bigger than the harbor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of rain, a little bit. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, now they got big <laughs> snows there and, st- you know, things are changing. And st- yeah, yeah, sometimes. But, and then how long you live in Seattle? I lived in Seattle for a couple years. Um, it was sort of just like I was I had been going there a lot. People because of the uh, sub pop thing, right? Yeah, because of the sub pop thing. I was just sort of like there a lot and liked it. And then I met a girl who later became my wife who still is and she was living there so i went went for a girl too but um yeah it was sort of like it was it was calling to me from chicago i guess and, and, and there was some that. portland involved also there was some portland involved and now i've been in la for some time now but yeah just the west the west coast was always uh, always had a pull for me okay okay you know the old way to get from chicago to socal it's um route no, 66 <laughs> Remember that? Get your kicks on Route 66. Oh, yeah, yeah. The it would go from Chi-Town, yeah. you know, through Joplin, Oklahoma City, and uh, I, a lot of I-40 nowadays, and end up at PCH and uh, uh, Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, I think I think maybe Colorado Boulevard through Pasadena is 66. Well, that's I'm part of it, sure, so. but the, the last yeah. stretch is Sunset Boulevard, and it goes yeah. and ends up with T-Bones into PCH. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, any stable cats that stayed with the touring band? Um, for the past, like, only for the past five years or so. But okay. that's been cool and sort of, like, makes for, like, a better live show. You can just drop right in and uh, – because now I have a huge catalog. you got to learn, like – No, what 40. I'm asking you is, yeah. did that overlap with recording bands? Yes. In oh, the last okay. couple of records, it's been – I've sort of – I've made records with these these guys that I'm running around with, too, So, which is really, really nice. So you – then. It's not just total uh, studio experiences. Some of the stuff you play for people before you record it? 
Yeah. Yeah. And actually, like, I started, it was like not, it took me nine years in to, to kind of like get my shit together. A, have a little bit of money to pay people to and, um, and start being like, hey, this is going to like, this has to dovetail with the live show too and has to kind of like feel like something. You know, it's like you, you go out there and you're like, uh, you, I, I just got better at knowing what, uh, what a live show was supposed to sound like even. So that's what experience does to you people. Yeah. And it's happened. <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the second hour, April 6, 2023. He just show special guest, Eric from Fruit Bats. Hold time hour three. April 6, 2023. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
in a vain attempt to explain myself.
Watt for Pedro Show. Start off the third hour. Fruit Bats doing the deep well. Treasure Grundo after that uh, with uh, Chezzy here. Then uh, Girls in Synthesis pulling teeth. Uh, DJ Flukvel Ogeimskip. <laughs> I don't mean to ruin Dutch. I'm sorry. Let go. That's in English. I, I fucked that one up too. I thought all the languages. Equal opportunity fucker up or what. Not on purpose. So. Himmelschiff Excelsior with Sick Bay Class Part 2. Key or Chi or Qui or. I played with these guys a couple times. My knees. And I got fucked up knees. Fruit bats finally with Russian River Valley. You know, there's a Russian River by the city uh, in San Francisco. North yeah, that's like, what that's what the, that's named after. Kernfield is but, from up there, and and when okay. I first was, she would tell me. You the know, name lives of that in that area. Place, yeah. Baseman, yeah. uh, Les Claypool. Yep, yeah. She she's from hit the same town where he lives, Sebastopol. Um, oh, that's right, that's right. And he like does yeah. wine. I, I think has a vineyard or something. Yeah, yeah. So I remember hearing the word Russian River Valley and thinking that she was saying it in this like quirky colloquial way, like rushing, you know, but dropping her G, not realizing that it's the word Russian, like as in Russia. You know, I played the theater there where there was a fucking, you could see the line where they had a flood. You know, it was like eight feet high. <laughs> so, oh yeah, it floods like crazy right, there, right, every right. year. So people, it's like the country Russia because they were there yeah. a long time ago. That's why we got a bear on the flag. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so you just had some more more pun rock, right? Yeah, that, that's all yeah, right. yeah, more pun rock. Well, yeah. Well, you know, and I, and I was seeing a little water theme there. What, what yeah. about the deep well? Um, I mean, let, well, let me ask you yeah. this, yeah. Eric. Are you a guy that says, "Hey, man, I wrote the songs. Why should I have to talk about them?" <laughs> um, probably I used to, but now I don't care. Now I'm like, um, it's I'm happy enough that anybody wants to ask me anything about. Okay, okay. So, yeah. I just want to check. Um, I'll, I'll talk some about it. That song's why. like, it's kind of a, uh, it took me a really long time to write that one. And it's like a song about writing a song, which I always like that theme. You no, know? let's um, <laughs> let's use that as an example about your process. Yeah. Do you make demos? I make demos. Demos are always part of the writing process for me too. I think it kind of comes from that four track background, you know, where I'm like, I want to hear a world first before I start writing. So, sure, sure. Um, Demos are always kind of a part of it. And now I, you know, I use Can I ask you, have you got now, like but... a trove? Do you have some place where you store licks and words and kind of things that can be used down the road? Yeah, I write a lot of things down in notebooks. Um, and then, yeah, come up with little musical ideas. The iPhone has been a great thing for that because you got your whole little voice, voice memo, memo thing in there. So, yeah. Right. I got a little Sony record, but the same thing, my fucking memory. If I didn't have that shit, bye-bye. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, do these things evolve? They start out one way, and then as you're developing it, is that what you mean it's got to live in a world? Yeah, and I like I call it taking the wrong turn, you know, like when you're – and it's the thing I was saying about like let's say you're influenced by something and you're like, I want it to sound like this, but you don't know how to make it sound like that, so then it really sounds like you. Um, that's like my writing too is just kind of like – I'm not like Brian Wilson where I got a tape recorder in my brain. It's like – it maybe sounds like something in my brain, and I know it's going to be totally different when it comes out the other side, and that's good, you know. And like what about sort of, to manifest yeah. it in reality? You're gonna because it's not going to be a one man band in the studio. And I know you yeah. said you're using a lot of guys you play with, but do you yeah. ever write for people like, man, I'd like to hear Bob Mould sing that. Maybe I call Bob Mould up. I mean, I would, I would. No, if that was that. for example, yeah. me too. I, yeah. I, I would love yeah. to collaborate. No, big Bob Mould fan too. So yeah, um, but. Um, 
No, I mean, I'm usually thinking for myself and every now and again, I've been asked to write for other people, but that's like, you get asked. So then you, you sort of put yourself into that mindset sure, sure. of, uh, of writing for them. But I've, I've never like written something and said like, you know, so-and-so should really do this one. It's usually like, I'm always writing for me. Okay. But, but you're using other people, you're not using, but you're asking people to do certain things for you. Yeah. Yeah, because, absolutely. Like I'm hearing women voices. I know that ain't you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and me i got a really high voice so sometimes my grandma oh so maybe you fooled what yeah maybe yeah you fooled yeah a, a long time ago my grandma when she was alive she heard some of my music and she said who's that nice girl singing all the lead vocals i was like that's that would be me you know who's from chicago who had a good falsetto curtis mayfield oh of course yeah, yeah. incredible what was it the impressions right the, he was like still yeah. a teenager and had a yeah. label yeah yeah I got to see his last gig before that shit fell on him in Brooklyn and paralyzed him. He was doing a tour of, yeah, he was doing tours of city halls. He played Long Beach across the harbor here. Look, uh, let's play the last chunk, yeah? It all comes back.
remember what I said about seeing a light when you're dying?
show last music for this edition chunks start off with fruit bats doing it all comes back have a nice life they put out this album of their demos <laughs> see that's what you do people you make demos because down the road you get the second win right and this is a defenestration song uh fruit bats finally waking up in los angeles which i guess eventually happened to you <laughs> A true story, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what is next? 
um, about to tour, uh, heading out in like three days uh, to tour for two months on this record, and we'll see what happens. Okay, and what if people wanted to find information on this tour, is there a place on the internet they could go to? Yeah, fruitbatsmusic.com. That's got all the everything on there. People, F-R-U-I-T-B-A-T-S-M-U-S-I-C.com. Right. Okay. And uh, you know what helps me on tour? I've been doing the last 20 years. I should have done it 20 years before that. But diaries, tour diaries. You ever do that shit? I used to do it. And I, I'm, I'm like, it's so funny you mentioned this because I was like, no, because I, I know numbers. about that. I know about that. That's why. Yeah, I asked. <laughs> it's like I re- I read some old ones of mine. Like I came across some, you know, and uh-huh. I was like, I can't believe I don't didn't remember any of it either. This is this is stuff from 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even remember that stuff. It's so it's like if I had never written it down, I would never have remembered that day at all. It's like a whole day is gone in your memory unless you write it down. Right. So yeah, I think I'm gonna try it on this next one. Okay. Okay. And like put it out there so c- people can read. Maybe, yeah. Right along with you? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Either that or it's just for my eyes only. I'm not sure. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I use it also for kind of a discipline. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's it keeps good. you that's focused good. on the thing because, uh, like, how do you tour? Do you, uh, like, I got this old vaudeville uh, wisdom, right? When you ain't playing, you're paying. Yep. I use that exact okay. expression okay. to my, bu- my, my booking agent had never heard that expression, but I was like, if <laughs> I mean, it goes and, way uh, back actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're not playing, you're paying. And, and I, uh, yeah, I mean now I, I, I'm 100% subscribed to that. Although I also can't do too many shows in a row. Cause my voice gets blown That's out. That's the too. one thing people like fingers yeah. can get calluses, but not fucking vocal cords. Yeah, and I'm 47 now, which is like, you know, st- I still feel young, still feel good, but it's like I'm I'm feeling it a little bit more yeah. than I used to. And um and uh yeah, so um but yeah, we're uh we're hitting it pretty hard for 2 months. And are you doing the kind of like big old loop of the country? Yep, big old loop of the country. Now the way I usually in, do it yeah. in springtime, I usually do uh counterclockwise because you want to get out of the south before it gets too hot and you want to wait for the north to thaw. But in the fall time, I do clockwise. I think we're doing clockwise, actually, but it's Backwards. fast enough. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. But yeah. but you got, you know, what you're finding out probably living here in California is we're way over on the – there's a lot of miles to travel before you get to the rest of the parts. There's there's a lot of miles. It was great. Being in a Chicago band was amazing because you right, could tour right. – you could tour in a van. You could do the West Coast in two weeks pretty easy, and you could do the East Coast in like a week and a half if you wanted. You could you could cover a lot of ground. It's right, right there. there. It's yeah. right there. In fact, you're right next to the fucking Eastern Time Zone. That's Grand exactly. Rapids, right? Yep. Or, or, or uh, Indiana or something. Cal- it's Kalamazoo. very close. Kalamazoo, it's, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. You know, you get done with the record, but are you already thinking of the next one? Like lately, yes. It used to be things were slower twenty years ago, just release wise, and uh, and now I think I'm better at writing too. So yeah, I I am already thinking of the next one. So because I'm like I st- I feel like I still got stuff to say, and I'm good at saying it <laughs> right, right now too. So and you yeah, said you could thinking, write, yeah. you could write on tour. You know, in me it's impossible. A lot of people I know they can't write on tour, but you can. So maybe on this tour here, you might get some tunes up for the next. Yeah, Go. I can. I can sometimes. So not not all the time. I'm not. Well, can I put it, this but, invite yeah. out there for you, Eric? Yeah. When you get that next batch and you record it, will you come back on the show? And we can play it and talk about it. 
I would love to, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And one day you got to come to Pedro. Let me give you a tour. Okay. I would love a tour of Pedro. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 I've been, I came from Virginia when I was nine and yeah, I know a lot about here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just up the street. So yeah, I'll come okay. on down anytime. Thanks yeah. so much. And safe seas. Yeah. Keep that keel in the water. I hope you yeah. get great luck yeah. on this tour. Truly. Thanks, man. People. Yeah, so good talking to you. Absolutely. Been April okay. 6, 2023 at Dishwap Peter Show. Keep your powder dry.